study. Lord, hide me behind the cross and may I just be a vessel used by you. I pray, Lord, that um, we would, um, you would grant us understanding and that we would carry these principles with us uh, and apply them to our lives. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. All right, once again, thank you everyone for joining us for our discipleship class today. Again, we're studying from the book Testimonies for this Church, Volume 1 by Ellen G. White. And we, today our chapter is Chapter 107, Danger of Self-Confidence. I'm going to actually share this live stream now. If anyone else would like to do it, now is the time to do it before we actually get into the um, lesson study. So if you would like to do it, share it now. Okay. All right. Um, so the danger of self-confidence. What is self-confidence? Anybody tell me? Can anybody tell me what self-confidence is? Well, it's two self-confidences. Okay, it's go ahead. So one self-confidence is I am rich and increased with good and have need of nothing or nobody. Right. Okay. The second confidence, I think it's kind of a good thing, is that you have ability, developed ability and you feel secure in what you're doing and um, in how you do it. That's the other self-confidence. Hmm. So are both of them bad? No, one is good and one is not good. See the one that says, I am rich and increased with good and have need of nothing. That That one is full of pride and you just think you got it going on. And then the second one of the talents that God has given you and you are using those, those talents and you're not hesitating to do the talents because you know that God has given these talents to you. <clears throat> You've used them before and there's a confidence, a level of confidence there. It has nothing to do with pride. It's just <clears throat> through your trust and your relationship. And I want to make sure I add God in there too through your trust and your relationship with God, you know, you know, um, what you're doing and you feel, very, it's like when you get in your car and drive, you know how to drive, you feel comfortable about driving and you know the rules of the, of the a road. There is no reason for you to not feel confident in that road. But on the second part, if you were doing the other one where you was increasing rich with goods and need of nothing, then you will uh, be overly confident and it's like a pride thing. And I'm, more, I'm faster than everybody else. I think I'm supposed to be in the front all the time. And, you know, I'm just going to, um, I know that I can go through this light. That's not good. You know, I know I can reach instead of just being confident in my abilities. And I wanted to add to that <clears throat> what Lakita said. Um, it's good to have confidence in your abilities once you have gained those abilities. You know, too many times people think, oh, I can do that. Or, yeah, I'm really good at this. When they are not good at it, they have no knowledge of it. But somehow they think they can do it, everything that anybody else can do. And that's just not true. I actually had an experience where I was telling a person they need to hire a plumber to clear out a drain, a professional plumber. 
and they kept hiring these people who were their cousins and their brother that said he could do it. And then that person even went to the store and bought a drain snake and tried to do it because that was uh, more, that was self-confidence, but it wasn't earned. They had no knowledge of it. And in fact, they were trying to say that they knew as much as a licensed plumber about clearing out a drain, which was false. It was that false bravado. It was overconfidence because they had not earned the ability and the knowledge and the experience to say, I have self-confidence in what I'm doing through experience and through knowledge. And then also to add to it, there's self-confidence can, when it turns in on itself, end up being self-aggrandizement, where now you think you are greater than everybody else, you are mightier than everybody else. And again, there is no foundation for that. And that's where you get into a lot of trouble. Mm. You know what, as you say that, Lee, I know so many people who are know-it-alls. Any subject you bring up, they act like they're an expert on it. Or they know everything, or they know how to do everything, like you were saying. And 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 no matter what you bring up, they want to act like they know everything about it. You know? Now let me ask you this, Lakita. Is mm-hmm. God is God directing the path of one? and not directing the path of the other? And if so, which one? Yes, God is directing the path of both of them. But one, the one who is rich and increased with good, is not doing what God is saying. They're like, I know it. I can do this. You know, it's like you open the Bible and you read, you know, in the beginning was the word. Then it's easy to feel like, Oh, I already know that. You know, so I need to pay attention to that, right? You know, that's the one that has the I'm rich and the good don't need anybody. But then there's the other one who has that God is leading to read the Bible. And then in confidence, he can read, he has the ability to read, but he also has the ability to listen for directions from the Lord. So those are two, he's leading both of them, but one is just not listening. Just mm-hmm. do the other, whatever he wants. I think that's a good point, too, to be made, like she's saying, when you have self-confidence in the abilities that God has given you, that's one thing. But when you have self-confidence in yourself doing anything, Mm -hmm. then you're just asking for a letdown because we can't do anything without God. None of us can even get up out of the bed in the morning without God's power. So when we think like Nebuchadnezzar, look at the great Babylon I have built, then you're asking for trouble. Mm. Because you're not giving God the glory for your abilities. Mm -mm. Mm. So let's get into the study for today. Now that we have tried to somehow make a um, line of demarcation between self-confidence completely in self without God and then self-confidence, which just gives you the assurance. Well, it's more like experience. You have the experience to do what... Mm -hmm you know, to do. Okay. All right. So, um, she's, uh, sister white is talking about brother F in this, um, chapter and <clears throat> she's talking about the work in Maine and, um, she's talking about the, I guess, a, a, a company, which would be a church there that had raised up as that had been raised up as fruits of the labor of brother Andrews, uh, and brother F. 
And she said that um, where they had manifested their interest in love for the truth by building a, a, a church. And she said there was very great work to be done for this church. And she said, a quite, she said a, quite a few people had been converted to the theory of the truth. And some had decided from the weight of the evidence that they saw beauty in the connected chain of truth, all united in harmonious, perfect whole. And they loved the principles of the truth, but they had not yet realized the sanctifying influence of the truth. And so she talks about in this first paragraph, how these souls were exposed to the perils of the last days and that Satan had prepared his deceptions and snares for the inexperienced. And he was working through his agents, even ministers who despise the truth and trample upon the law of God themselves and teach all who will listen to them to do the same. So she's saying this church who had received the unpopular truth could be safe only as they make God their trust and are sanctified by the truth which, which they profess. And she said that they had taken an important step, but now they needed a religious experience to back that step. A religious experience which would make them sons and daughters of the most high God and heirs to the immortal inheritance purchased for them by his son. So she was saying it's good to accept the theory. It's good to accept truth in theory, but now you got to live truth. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's, one thing you say, oh yeah, I, I believe that. But now mm -hmm. you got to stand on it. And you got to live it out in your life. And that's two different things. And that's, that's interesting too, because we had talked about that in Sabbath school earlier, uh, where we're talking about the mark of the beast in your, hand, in your forehead or in your hand. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so one is the theoretical or the mind belief the other is the action so uh seemed like these people they understood theoretically the truth but they hadn't had a connection with christ you know mm -hmm. that allows them to live out those principles in their lives through the power of the holy spirit mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and so then she says in the next paragraph she says that well actually back up to the first paragraph she said that from there sufficient instruction should be given them to understandingly obtain for themselves the evidence that the truth is to them salvation and so you know in matthew what is our commission anybody remember what our commission is in matthew go ye therefore and do what teach preach baptize in the name of Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. But then after baptized, then what? Else. <laughs> it's teach, baptize, and then continue to teach. And so this is what this chapter right there is saying, that it's not enough to just teach and baptize. You got to continue to teach because what you, what you will have if you, if, you, if you teach a little bit enough to get them baptized, then you still have to continue to teach them so that they understandingly follow the truth. You know, I remember uh, one of our slam pastors that used to be here um, and he, he 
he pastored one of the new church plants and he would, and so this church was basically all new events and he would keep them at church literally all, all day long. Mm. And I don't know if I asked him or somebody else why he kept them all day long. Cause you know, us, us old Adventists, that wears us out. <laughs> Be there all day long. And the answer was because they don't yet know how to keep the Sabbath holy. And so he, he knew that if they went home after church, they would still be doing the same things they do on Saturdays before being baptized. And so in order to begin to instruct them on how to keep the Sabbath, he just kept them at church all day. You know, because they would they would go home and go shopping and go to the ball games and go do go to the movies, whatever else they had done before. If he let them go home after church. And so he felt like a period of teaching and when and really it was more of he was teaching by example. You know, um, that that was necessary for them to understand not only is the Sabbath holy, but this is how you keep it. You know? I was going to say, in addition to what you just said, that's pointing out the, the sanctification part of being a Christian. You learn the theory, you accept Christ as your Lord and Savior, and now it's time for you to learn to walk as Christ walked. And that's why we, uh, <clears throat> that's why we typically have new believer classes because they've accepted Christ as their savior. They, they accept the biblical beliefs. And now it's time to learn how to exemplify, exemplify Christ in your daily walk. So mm -hmm. through the new believer classes, you get to teach them a little more about mm -hmm. uh, their life in Christ and teach them about the old ways versus the new ways, you know, that type right. of thing. But many times Christians don't get that. And like you say, they just go back to doing what they normally do because right. that extra teaching hasn't gone on. And I remember, you know, preparing people for baptism and the lessons that we were using, you take them through the first 14 lessons and then they can be baptized. But there was still mm -hmm. like 14 more lessons. after. And so I remember that and it wasn't this was not one of my students and it was not even. I don't even know if they were doing the same lessons that, you know, I usually use, but um, I remember this woman had been baptized and, but she, I, I, she hadn't been continued to be taught. And so this was like a while after she had been baptized and she, she was eating something and somebody mentioned to her, well, you know, we, we, we can't eat that. And she said, what do you mean we can't eat this? And I said, well, we don't, we don't eat. I don't know if it was lobster. It was something mm -hmm. you know, like that. And she said, well, I didn't know that. Nobody told me that. And so that's the purpose of continuing to teach after people are baptized. You know, they, they have accepted the quote unquote truth, which a lot, largely, a lot of it, it deals with the Sabbath, you know, the Sabbath truth, but they still need to be taught, you know, 
all the other stuff. And, uh, and it wasn't her fault. She just, you know, a lot of times we will get people to the point of baptism and then drop them off and say, have a good life, you know. And a lot of times those, when that happens, they just turn right around and go back to what they're used to with their old, old uh, beliefs, with the church they came from, with the same friends that were with hanging in the streets or whatever. Mm-hmm. And again, it's because you, you accept Christ. That's the main thing to be baptized. You accept Christ as your Lord and Savior. Then the, the rest is how to live a Christian life. Because mm-hmm. if you're not living a Christian life, you're just going to go back to the world. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, in the next paragraph, she talks about how God would still do a greater work, she says, there uh, in the area that they were in, if all who labored in the cause there were more consecrated to him and did not trust in their own strength, um, but they, but to the strength of the Israel of God. And she said she was shown that Brother Andrews and Brother F had labored hard and had not had the rest which they should have given themselves in order to preserve health. And they should labor with care and observe periods of rest. So in this chapter, she, na- she, she spells out several things that they needed to do differently. This is the first thing that she says, that they were basically overworking themselves. And that, that basically, if they injure their health, then, you know, they might have to stop the work or, you know, take time off from the work just when the Holy Spirit is, 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 is working on people's hearts. And, and we all know that if you are doing something and you're doing it consistently, you're more likely to achieve success than if you have to fall off for a while and then try to pick it back up. And so, um, you know, that's a cautionary tale there. It's like, you know, even if you have a passion for something, make sure you're taking care of your health mm. in the process of it. Or passion, I think you say. With the way that does society and economy uh, teaches, they just want you to work 24 seven, 365, work, 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 work. But if you do that, yourself out and die of a heart attack or something, you know, but they won't care. They'll just hire somebody new to keep putting out the widgets or whatever they're working on. But if we want to be good servants of God, we have to protect this temple that he's given us. And that includes rest, nutrition, all those things. Even the uh, people that, like you say, have a passion for doing missionary work, you still have to take a break. You know, that Jesus told the disciples, hey, come aside and rest. Y'all been working real hard. Let's take a break. So even when you're spreading the gospel, you still need to take a break so that the Lord can uh, use you properly so that you have energy, physical and mental energy to continue. Because if you kill yourself through overwork, I'm not going to do anybody any good. I do have that problem, though. I have that problem big time, don't I? I'm not saying. Or <laughs> to just like, you know, like not work um, and stuff. If I'm woke, I. Stuff and then 
and when I create at about nine o'clock, I think about something else that needs to be done. And then sometimes, you know, like it's so much good stuff to do. It's all fun, you know, like Karen, like all oh, the key to come over. We want to do the testimony program. Okay. Then somebody just, you know, this week I took on two more new jobs, <laughs> but not because it's because there's so many things that's kind of, that's fun to do that, you know, I would like to do and stuff. But yeah, you do have to say, I can't do everything all the time. I did say in this one, though, I did say, well, I can't get started right away. So that was good. At least, you know, that was good. Yeah, that's so funny because uh, Sister Beverly was talking to our conference president today after church. And she said, I just want to let you know, Elder, that all the things I do for this church... (laughs) So she ran down a list of things, you know, she said, I, I'm the minister of music and uh, I, I'm the assistant uh, treasurer and uh, I'm, I'm, I'm the uh, 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 assistant custodian and I'm, I'm a, a, a Sabbath school superintendent. And she, she, she went down this whole list of things that she does. Right. And so she mm-hmm. says, I, I'm telling you all this because I need you to help me get a husband. <laughs> <laughs> So and he I can do something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so but it's fun stuff to do, you know. It's really for me, it's really fun. You know, we finally, finally I found a place that's not knocking on doors and giving out tracks. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> that makes me, you know, just full fills my heart with joy to do the things that you know people are asking me to do and stuff. So I'm going to try, I'm not to do, because when I'm, I'm telling you, when I'm in my downtime, I think of more stuff to do. Mm -hmm. Like I'm thinking about stuff for the group. I'm, you know, this, uh, I couldn't do it this month and not, maybe not next month, but I want us to go out and maybe have a lunch at a restaurant and have our group at the restaurant, you know. I like to have a, a series of speakers, you know, people. I really want to find some big names like Sakila. Yeah, I want to have, you know, the best for our group, you know, so people can just, you know, feel good. But, you know, that so it's always something more to do. And it's exciting to get done. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so we just have to remember and, 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 this is a point that we need to remember those of us who are just so inclined to go off in all different directions is that you know, we have to retain our, as she's saying in the next sentence, we have to retain our physical and mental vigor and, and that will render our labor much more efficient. And then mm-hmm. she goes into just, you know, some detail about brother Everett. She says, he's a nervous man and he moves from impulse. And so, and she mm-hmm. says, mentally depressed all the time and then he thinks that um he 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 doesn't have a lot of freedom and he thinks it's because others are in darkness or wrong or that something is the matter and he can hardly tell what and so then he makes a drive somewhere and upon somebody which is liable to do great harm so he thinks it's them but it's really him because he's not getting enough rest and he's not getting enough um, you know, downtime. And then she says, if you would quiet yourself 
when in this restless, nervous condition and rest and calmly wait on God and inquire if your trouble is not in yourself, you would say wounding your own soul and wounding the precious cause of God. So, mm -hmm. you know, basically she's saying when you, when you are not taking the time to rest and pull back and take care of your health, then you know, you're in, you may be in this state of blaming everybody else for what's going wrong and what's, you know, you know what I'm saying? So, um, take uh, that she, gave, she gave specific, she gave him specific instructions, quiet yourself, do some mindfulness, do some deep breathing, slow it down. Right. You know, when you feel yourself like, you know, oh, oh I'll frazzle, oh, mm. stop, stop. Mm -hmm. Because really what's happening is that you're overwhelmed with all the stuff. And, the pro and then it seems like more and more and more and more, more stuff comes. Calm down. <laughs> and then right. wonder, what am I doing wrong? See, people running from that, from that self-reflection thing. What am I doing wrong? Um, and I will take the third step, correct it. Once God shows you what you're doing wrong, ask for strength to change it and to stop it because you know even though i say you know it's really hard to um to not work but lee paces himself i think better than i do so when he takes a break i take a break you know because he paces himself and so i'll you know that's kind of how i pace myself as well and stuff um sometimes i might take a little break by myself but most of the time you know, I just want to do stuff. You know, it's it's all interesting stuff to do. Mm -hmm. awesome. mm -hmm. And you know, funny because God gave you the personality that you have. God, He gave us all the personalities that we have. So mm -hmm. not that it's not that there's anything wrong with the personalities that He gave us per se. Mm -hmm. Some of mm -hmm. us are wrong because some of us may be mentally ill. Now, some people may be <laughs> mentally ill, but but the point being that if we're not mentally ill, there's nothing wrong per se with the personalities that he gave us. But she's saying everything should be done mm -hmm. temperately. Mm -hmm. Also, it points out, um, <clears throat> she says, you should labor with care and observe periods of rest. And by doing this, you will retain your physical and mental mm -hmm. vigor and mm -hmm. render your labor much more efficient. So I recall when I was working at the phone company, you know, they want you to be like a slave, just never take a break. But mm -hmm. I would take breaks, you know, the other people be looking at me like I'm crazy or cheating because I would take a break and I'd go down, find me a nice spot to take a little five minute nap or something. In the middle and of the I day. would come right back with a lot more vigor and a lot more uh, energy. As opposed mm -hmm. to, you know, because a lot of people, they'll sit there and act like they're working when they're really just sleeping, sitting up. <laughs> and I would just actually go take a break. There's no sense in me feeling sleepy and not being effective. And then mm -hmm. I come back five minutes later and I'm really hitting it, you know, energetic and getting a lot more accomplished, you know. And that's what we need to remember is when you take a good break, you can come back with more energy and do a much better job than you do halfway right. doing it. Those power I used, to be, yeah. I used to be so angry with Lee because he would on the Sabbath that he and Holly they would go to sleep and it was just so annoying to me. Why <laughs> y'all sleeping? My goodness. 
you know, <laughs> I, I still cannot sleep in the middle of the day, but, um, but I do um, recognize that it's a good thing if you can rest and sleep and stuff. It's not bad, but for me, it was like growing up and 12 kids, it was too much exciting stuff going on. It was so many kids when I was, she was always a fight. You, you know, I always felt sad if I missed a fight or missed somebody, some, somebody getting arrested by the police or something while I was laying in the bed asleep. See, mm-hmm. so that was, you know, that, but now I'm a, I'm a lot better with it. So that I don't really um, care too much if, if, you know, other people are asleep. I, it does, it still kind of bother me, but I don't say too much. You just, when you have, when you're energetic and have rested, you, I just enjoy things more. You know, if I'm all sleepy and tired, I just want to go somewhere and sit down. But if I'm rested, I can enjoy whatever activity I'm participating mm-hmm. in. But, and as it is true, Lee has a lot more energy um, and stuff. And since I've been just following his lead when he takes a break, sometimes he'll say, you want to come outside and look at the flowers? Yeah, I'm going to come out there. At first, I'll be like, no, nah, I'm looking at no flowers. I got stuff to do. That's my first, was my first time. Now it's like, okay, yeah, let me go look at the flowers. You know, it ain't going to take all day to look at a flower. Yeah, absolutely. And Lakita, I'm I'm a lot like you. It's like, I've got a million and one things to do every day. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I just decided, you know, you got to take time to spend with family. Um, mm-hmm. I have a flower bed out front and I'm like, oh man, it looks so bad. Weeds and everything and grass, tall grass growing in it. And I said, you got to take time with your flower bed. You know, just simple pleasures, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. You just got to mm-hmm. Time to do those things, mm-hmm. which, which, because, is, which is restful to me. You know, out there tending your little garden or whatever, flower bed. That's mm-hmm. that's peaceful to me. You know, mm-hmm. and the the truth of the matter is this: God knows what we need. We either trust Him or we don't. And I mm-hmm. tell you what: when I used to work like a dog, I for real it seems to me like I made well. I made less money and I'm even, I'm really shocked because I don't have any clients right now, kind of, but I ain't trying to get none either. You know, I'm just, <laughs> uh, they will be here. And when they are here, then, you know, I'll be like, I wish I would enjoy Well, you know, it's, it's happened too many times. And so mm, I'm not going to worry too much about it. I just going about my business and the Lord, I tell him every day, you know exactly what my needs are. And you love me more than I love myself. And he's taking care of us. And when you go out, you know, like we'll go out and look at the flowers or you do your flower bed, Karen. That reminds us that God is in control. When we're looking at these flowers and the, the uh, trees and the plants and you remember God is in control of all this. Why am I fretting and worried about these things? Mm-hmm. He's taking care of these little flowers and the birds of the air and everything I know he's going to take care of me so again it reminds us to keep God in our thoughts don't just focus on the work we got to do but remember that God is with us that he's got us in the palm of his hands and all the fretting in the world is not going to get the problem solved Mm -hmm. or get your project accomplished Mm -mm. no absolutely absolutely uh and then in the next paragraph She's still talking about Brother F, and she talks about him quite a bit in this chapter. The other thing she said was that Brother F was in danger of becoming basically high and lifted up. 
and it says if he wasn't able basically when he would speak he was able to strongly move the feelings of the congregation and so then he would often think that he was a most effective preacher and here he would deceive himself sometimes and mm -hmm. although he may be for the time the most acceptable that he may fail to accomplish the most good. And uh, I remember in these, in, in her writings here in a previous chapter, she talked about how we should never praise the preachers. We should praise God for the messages that are given. Mm -hmm. Praise the preachers because that will cause them to become high and lifted up. And yes. I think that, that all, you know, all of that is for them or because of them. And it's good to remember, like she's saying, just because you can get the congregation shouting, that doesn't mean that you're effectively spreading the word of God or reaching people's hearts. You know, we had this uh, <clears throat> tape by Little Richard, the singer. He's really a good preacher, too. And he was saying on his tape, he said that some people think... Uh, if the preacher ain't shouting and making me uh, shout and holler that he's not preaching. And if he ain't saying, oh, well, mm, then he haven't preached. But then if you ask him, what did the preacher preach about? I don't know, but he sure did preach. Because, <laughs> you, you know, you've got the people's emotions involved, but they have not learned anything about the love of God. Well, we really want their brains to be connected to the message. That's what you really want, because that's where the change, you know, the change happens at not in impulsive feelings, emotions, but in the brain, you know, and even like the message today was just, it wasn't, it, I guess it was the way he said it, but the description of the father was just so beautiful, right? Mm -hmm. So it, that made, that really made an impression on me mm -hmm. about the, father, you know, especially for people who have not experienced a father's love. Right, you know, whose fathers just have not lived up to what it was, and, and they come into church and all we talk about is the father this and the father that, blah blah blah. And some people fathers have beat them and you know put guns and knives on them, and you know, how can they see God unless you present a, a new one, a different one, you know? And that was a good example, too. We're talking about feelings. That was a good example of a message that touched your feelings and touched your heart. Mm -hmm. Yeah, example. and here's, here's the thing. Truth is not a feeling. It just is, you know? Mm -hmm. And so, and feelings are so all over the place, you know? They are. Mm -hmm. And so you can't rely on feelings for anything, not really. Um. Mm -hmm. And so that's why a lot of people end up in bad relationships because they relied on feelings rather than on principles and had a set of principles and goals that they would not compromise about, you know? Mm -hmm. um, and so that was the, another thing that, 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 that you know, she, she basically cautioned Brother F about. And she said that although Brother F is humble, or she said when he's humble and he puts his trust in God, he can do much good. She says angels come to his help and he is blessed with clearness and freedom. 
She says, but after a time of special victory, he has too often been lifted up and thought himself equal to anything, thought that he was something when he was only an instrument in the hands of God. Mm-hmm. And so she says that after these seasons, the angels of God left him to his own devices, basically. And then he thought him, he thought himself was the one at fault. Though he thought himself was the one at fault, he would too frequently charge upon his brethren and the people, the darkness and weakness he felt. I'm sorry, though he himself was the one at fault. I, I didn't read that correctly. Though he, though he himself was at fault, he thought it was his brethren and the people. They were at fault. And so in this unhappy state of mind, it says he frequently bared down upon this one or that one. And, he, and sometimes even when he had only half done the work, he'd be ready to leave and go somewhere else. And so he was allowing himself basically to be controlled by his feelings and not, mm-hmm. by, not by the work itself and not by principle. You know, you yeah, finish. He was depression. What'd you say? I say he was battling depression. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And was blaming his feelings on the congregation and the right. members. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, you know, actually, this sounds kind of like um, being bipolar in a way. Mm. Okay. You know, you got the up movement going on and then the down movement. Oh, okay. If he coming back up, he feels kind of humble, you know, blah, blah, blah. But then he gets two up. So he's way up there. And then the Holy Spirit moved from him. And then he's way down there. And then there's anger. And he's lashing out at people like bipolar people do. And then, you know, there's that calming period or whatever. But this sounds kind of like a real mental disorder going on. Yeah, I thought the same thing. And it gets me about the whole, this guy's whole story that she's laying out, that he's a true believer and he's Mm -hmm. working with faith and he's bringing people in and and doing good. But all this turmoil is going on in his Mm -hmm. life and it's seeping out into the congregation. Mm -hmm. And it's not turmoil of like having an extramarital affair or taking drugs or whatever. It's this inner conflict or inner stuff going on that he needs to get stabilized but really it's spiritual inconsistency that's causing it mm-hmm. did y'all say that too spiritual uh, yeah. inconsistency and that probably Without, that probably bled over into the other areas of his life too though mm-hmm. 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 yep um and then um, it says that in the next paragraph, it says that um, it says that while he, whenever he made God his trust, he had often been successful in combats with the posers of the faith. She said he sometimes felt elated with the victory which God had given when God had given truth over error, and so he had taken the victory for himself, and so. So he had magnified himself in his own eyes. Now that right there just sounds like 
because you're treading on dangerous ground, you're magnifying yourself in your own eyes, you know? Well, that's exactly what Lucifer did. I will yep. be like the most high. I will do this and that, magnifying himself in his own eyes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now he's leading others to do the same thing. You know, it's kind of a, this is a, it's a balance here, you know, because you um, have to learn how to receive the goodness of God and like compliments. You have to learn how to appreciate what you do. You know, you have to be able to say to yourself, that's a good job. You know, thank you, Lord. That's a good job, you know, and stuff. So it's kind of, but you can't go so forth to say, oh, that job I did all by myself. Even sometimes if you like say, I did a good job, but hopefully you're in your heart know that through Christ, that Christ, mm-hmm. you know, worked through you and stuff. So it's a balance. It's a real balancing because, you know, you don't want to, on the flip side, that it would annoy me, right, if uh, I gave somebody all the tools to do a wonderful job or whatever and to paint a beautiful picture. Then they paint the picture and I can say, okay, that's a good picture. Thank you. You did a good job. Yeah, but it's a scratch here. And yeah, but it's like this and that. That would make me feel like, well, I must be stupid because I just told you it looked good, and you know, or I, you know, or I've been duped because now you're pointing off all this stuff to me. And I think God, I'm not for sure that God wants us to be so hard on ourselves. I mean, I do think you should like evaluate. Okay, this thing happened here. What was my part in it? What could I have done different to prevent this from happening? You know, Lord, help me to see my part in it. That, but it shouldn't be. Oh, you know, I'm so stupid. I'm so dumb. You know, blah, blah. Yeah, I just think there's something wrong with that. I think that's what we were talking about earlier, the difference between self-confidence in one way, acknowledging God's blessing, and self-confidence in the other way, taking all the glory on yourself. And it always reminds me of the uh, the, <clears throat> the sculpture of the self-made man by the artist Rodin, where the marble sculpture you can see the bottom part is unfinished then the top part of the sculpture is a man who's carving the sculpture out of the block carving himself out of the block Mm -hmm. and there is no such thing as a self-made man god is in everything that we do or could possibly do and when we forget that that's when we get into the type of self-aggrandizement that is harmful to us Mm -hmm. okay Okay. I was just uh, admiring the Rodin reference, <laughs> art history. But um, when, when I look at this guy again, it looks like, okay, Ellen is, 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 is drafting uh, us, you know, an outline of what's going on with this guy. And he's doing this great work. But because of this inner turmoil, Satan sees an opportunity. It's a yes. crack armor and he sends his agents it said he started talking to people that did not believe in the faith who were who were lifting him up and he believed that you know that their compliments and their flattery and um that's leading him astray he's fallen into one of satan's snares mm-hmm. and it's funny yeah. how flattery yeah i remember where people used to say that phrase don't believe the hype <laughs> Yeah, that's an important yeah. thing to remember when people are, are complimenting you all the time, flattering you and giving you all these accolades. 
don't believe the hype, you know. Remember, yeah. only through the power of God that we can do anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know Karen has a point, but since Lee said that, let me, uh, have you ever heard the phrase, take compliments like you take perfume or fragrance? You can inhale it, but don't ingest it. Oh, okay. <laughs> That's pretty good, Paul. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I was just going to make the comparison to Eve in the Garden of Eden. She fell because she, she became lifted up by Satan's compliments and flattery. You know, he told her how beautiful she was, how, you know, wonderful she was but there was only one thing wrong you know <laughs> and she needed to she needed to eat of this fruit so that she could become like god knowing good and evil and uh it was the flattery that 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 trapped her yeah and i think that's uh true with us is that you um, you have to kind of, you have to be able to do your own self-reflection, you know, like um, reflect on your stuff, your own behavior, your things, and do give yourself credit and not depend on the credit of somebody um, on other people's your know, input to be your source. I was listening to uh, this one guy, he goes around like and he's actually debating these trans trend trend transgender uh, usually is men who are trying to become women i haven't seen too many women trying to become men you know up there talking but men who want to become women and so he was talking to this one and he said tell me how you became how did you know you were tr- you were a, a woman in a man's body now usually these people i've heard people say oh when i was a little person i felt blah 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 so he starts talking about something he heard on a podcaster a podcast and this and that and it struck a chord with him you know like and it struck a chord with him and so he you know knew that he was transgender and so then he said well how you know you're supposed to be a woman because all these women tell me that I'm a good woman and that you know I am really a woman he says so the way you know that you should be a woman is from a podcaster and he said how long ago was this two years ago two years ago so now he's it's just really ridiculous because he did point out so the only way you know that you are who you are is of what other people say to you <laughs> you know so we shouldn't are um who we are what not be dependent on what other people say to us not that we completely ignore people when they're giving you feedback but at the same time, their thoughts on who you are cannot be your all in all. Can't. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, after after what Lee was talking about, that he became lifted up from this flattery. Uh, he thought that he was sufficient to enter into battle with anybody. And he was so confident that in the very act of his, in the very act of I guess these 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 discords. God was displeased with his disregard of the council, and he was shorn of his strength. It was he was cut off of his strength at that time, and basically, 
she's talking about not not rushing into um I guess conflicts with other people and just not you know spiritual battles with other people um and thinking that I'm good I'm okay um I am uh, I can handle it you know <laughs> and that that's interesting because a lot of times people may think that oh let me bring this up and see what they say or let me let me let me issue the challenge and see what they say mm -hmm. and the cautionary tale here is don't ever issue the challenge. If the challenge comes, you humbly, and it may not even be that God wants you to answer right then, but if the challenge mm -hmm. comes, you humbly go and pray about that thing and ask and humble yourself before God. Sometimes it says even fast. And then you may go back and then in the strength of God, because you, we, we battle not against flesh and blood but against powers and principalities and spiritual wickedness in high places. Satan knows the Bible better than we do. And so every time without, when we go on in our own strength to battle the powers of darkness, we're going to lose every time. Mm -hmm. And so we might not, we might as well have not done that. Not only will we lose, but we will be left feeling bad because <laughs> we thought we knew what we didn't know, which is we need the power of God in every spiritual battle. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And she said that uh, unless there is a decided gain in these combats, there is always a loss. And so, you know, she said that, that his self-sufficient spirit came near to making the discussion an utter failure, you know? And so, you know, yeah. go ahead, Lee. I was gonna say, that reminds me, was watching the Lineage Journey program and it's talking about the uh, martyrs, the early Protestant leaders, Martin Luther and Zwingli and Huss and all them. And <clears throat> none of them wanted to go debate the Bible, but they were called to do it, you know, by the emperors and the Pope and all them, and they would go, but they would always be prayerful and asking God to tell them, what shall I say, you know, not thinking, oh, yeah, I've studied at this university and mm. I'll beat these people down, mm. but they would always be prayerful, asking the Lord to lead them and give them the words of what to say, and that was how they ended up, you know, I guess, coming out victorious in these debates and stuff is through the power of God because a lot of things happened that they had no ability to make happen. There were definitely miracles that were going on because these people felt the, their weakness of themselves and depended solely upon the strength of God to handle uh, the mm -hmm. debate. Mm -hmm. and, and, and she says further down that Satan and his hosts are all astir at these conflicts between truth and error. She says, if the conflicts of truth do not go into battle in the strength of God, Satan will manage to outgeneral them every time. Mm -hmm. <laughs> he just will. And she says that Brother F failed because he did not engage in the conflict 
feeling his weakness and in humility and simplicity rely on the strength of God. And so he just, he just failed all around. And she says in, in uh, the following paragraph, she said that advocates of the truth should not seek out these discussions. She said, and whenever it is necessary for the advancement of the cause of truth and the, and the glory of God, that an opponent be met, how carefully and with what humility should they go into the conflict with heart searching, confession of sin and earnest prayer and often fasting for a time, they should entreat that God would especially help them and give his saving precious truth, a glorious victory, that error might appear in its true deformity and its advocates be completely discomfited. So that's a lot of prerequisites. <laughs> that's a lot of prerequisites to going into discussions with, with, you know, going into battles over truth and error. Now, how many of us have ever done that kind of preparation? Mm in a battle over truth and error? Or do we just yes. flip it off the top of our heads? <laughs> yeah, usually, yeah, that's how it usually happens for real too, is that somebody catches you off guard and mm. then you just, you know, anyway with me, I just jump in there. Mm. Instead of what, you know, you said earlier today, I think let's talk about it another day or, you know, let's, let me go home and say, sometimes I do say, well, most of the time now, because I don't have the energy to be doing all this stuff. You know, let me let me go home and think. Let me think about that. Let me let's let me uh, study I'll, that because you still got to get back to them once if God tells you to do that. You know, mm -hmm. now I was having a discussion with somebody, and the Lord told me, "Don't do this because you're really battling with the Prince of Darkness, and you're not going to win this battle." It's an argument that you're just not going to win. Not because truth is not true, but because they were not searching for truth. Mm -hmm. You know? Yeah, she says right here, men who are at ease love error and darkness and are unwilling to be reformed by the truth. They do not love to come to the light lest their deeds should be improved. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so I backed off of that thing so fast. It's like, okay. <laughs> you know, I don't want to argue with demons. <laughs> I don't need it. It's tiring, man. It's tiring. And then you can't really because, you know, that if you're in the middle of that, they don't stay in one spot. They're like a, a, a snake or a worm. You know, they slither here and then they're over there. The, you know, there's just no consistency to it. But if you said to them, well, wait a minute, let's just have a Bible study. Let's, let's just focus on this one issue. They're not interested in that. No, they're not. They are mm -hmm. not. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And so that, that really, that paragraph, to me is just a, a, a warning to all of us or cautionary tale to all of us is don't get involved in these discussions without, as she says, all of those things, hard searching, confession of sin, earnest prayer, sometimes fasting for a time and entreat God that God would, would especially help us and give us his saving and give his saving precious truth Mm -hmm. a glorious victory 
So all of us need to underline that or pull it out of there and just keep that in mind, you know, because this country, this world is facing some dark days ahead. You know, when we have people that are rising to power that have, not only do they have no regard for truth, but just, I mean, things that are plain and obvious, they just say that <laughs> not so. <laughs> so, and when I look at this story and the next paragraph here again felt sufficiency in himself, still talking about this brother F, is it? His past successes had lifted him up. He thought that the victories he had gained were very much due to his aptness in using powerful arguments furnished in the word of God. And that is so scary to me because when you look at this whole story of this guy, he started off with brother Andrew that that faith was so strong and they had grown, you know, they had evangelized and, and they had actually built a church and all this stuff. And that Satan saw these deficiencies in this dude, sent his agents in to boost him up. Who would have thought that vanity was his thing, but Satan could see it so mm -hmm. that he could, take down this, this apparently anointed speaker or agent or evangelist of God. It's almost, it reminds me of how God saw the, the zealous and the, and the talent in Paul and, mm -hmm. and, and, and then broke him down. So he got converted and used those same talents to, you know, pretty much carve out the New Testament Mm -hmm. saw the talent in this guy and saw everything he was building for God and that got him on Satan's radar at least that's why I see the story mm -hmm. and saw the crack in his armor bought him down and then well, we're not in the next paragraph but when you get there it talks about um, how uh, you're really contending those arguments that this guy was so good at mm -hmm. but in the hands of Satan he could use it to actually mess you know mix error with truth and make mm -hmm. people be lost using that same anointing and it says because uh blah, 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 blah. those who battle for truth against his opposers should realize that they are not merely men but they are contending with satan and his angels who are determined that error and darkness shall shall retain the field and the truth be covered up with error so that's satan's end game for this dude Mm -hmm. I don't yeah. know if anybody sees the story that way. That's that's mm -hmm. just which which paragraph were you on? Six twenty four point two near the bottom. Yeah, okay. I, I picked up where Karen left off in the previous paragraph six uh, six twenty four point one, and then if you scroll down to the uh, near yeah the bottom of the next paragraph that she just cited, it kind of sums it up. You know mm -hmm. what Satan was really what was really going on. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, 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 you know, anytime you, anytime you're going to try to speak truth to somebody, you're up against the Prince of darkness. And if you go there without the whole armor of God on, you're going to be defeated in the worst way. You just are. Yeah. Sometimes I'm telling you guys, the delusions out there are so strong with my brothers. Well, it's really his son. And he's saying stuff. I can, I, because it's coming. 
And I can feel that strong, whatever he is. I mean, it can be said in such a humble way, but it's behind that is a steel gate where you ain't going to get in here. You ain't going to say nothing different. I don't even try. It's like, I'm already tired before I open my mouth. I'm like, this is too much. You know, some of this stuff don't even make any sense at all. None. And you just thinking to yourself, it doesn't even make any sense. How does he believe in this stuff? But, you know, uh, you have to be, I think, prepared. It just comes out of the left field or right field and stuff. And you just don't have, you know, I'm not prepared for some of the stuff that I'm hearing from these people. It's crazy. This kind of reminds me of that uh, funny story in the Bible where these guys was trying to go against the demons. And the demon said, we heard of Peter and Paul, but we ain't heard of y'all. And they proceeded to tear them guys apart. <laughs> I always thought that was kind of fun. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. We don't want to end up like that, thinking we're something and we ain't nothing without God. And even the, <laughs> the apostles at one point, they something they were trying to get a demon out to do something and they weren't able to do it. And they asked Jesus, how come? Why weren't we able? He said, this one comes by fasting and prayer. So that, we you know, yeah, we're coming up against some real stuff. Right, right. Okay, guys, we're going to stop there for today and pick up uh, in two weeks uh, at this next paragraph, 624.3. Um, What's going on next week? It's your week. It's your week. Oh, you're talking about from two weeks. Okay. For next mm-hmm. week. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, where are we next, next week? We're, next week, we're in Christian service. It's page 59. It says the church missionary curriculum. The church missionary curriculum. Is that chapter four? Yeah, I think so. Paragraph 59.3. The church missionary curriculum. Yeah, and it starts out, many will be willing to work if they were taught how to begin. Okay. Chapter five. Chapter five. Oh, okay. 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 All right. Um, let's see. Paula, would you mind closing us out with prayer? Sure. Um, here we go. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for your mercy and your grace. Thank you for another beautiful Sabbath day. Thank you for allowing us to come together once again and read your, the uh, words, inspired words that you have provided. I pray that we take these lessons to heart. Let the Holy Spirit use and guide us into all truth. Again, thank you for everything you've done, everything you're going to do, and everything uh, you're doing in our lives right now. We're going to stand on your promises with faith. Forgive us for our sins. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 All right, y'all. I'm not going to stay on here because I want to eat.